Today on Inside the Nest, we are back after the bye. We are well rested. Our tummies are full, or so we think. We'll find out later on in our scoreboard segment how much Caleb O'Neill's shelling out to get his belly full. But a jam-packed episode of Inside the Nest today. The usual crew is here and we'll be joined by Isaac Foster. It's all coming up next here on ITN. All right, guys, good to see y'all. I know we had a little break in the action, the bye week last week. Hope everyone was able to enjoy that. Uh, I don't know if y'all went out to see any other college football games last Saturday or you sat on the couch or you enjoyed the nice weather before this middle of the week heat wave comes to get us in our last grasp of summer before fall and autumn truly get here. Uh, I'll lead off with that. Anything interesting happened during your bye weeks? Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was trying to go to every sporting event in Atlanta under the sun, went to the Braves game on Friday, Land United on Sunday, was able to watch some college football. It was a good time just being able to sit down and watch that, call those college football games. A lot of fun matchups. I know the App State game um, was definitely a highlight for me watching Georgia beat South Carolina. It was also, was also fun to see after all the smack talk South Carolina was giving the Bulldogs. Um, but it was just overall a good weekend of college football, and it was a lot of fun to just be able to sit down and relax. I'm right there with Bryce. I had a great time this weekend just being able to relax, watching football, watch my Oregon Ducks get back on track, beating down BYU, and Bryce hit the nail on the head with the App State game. That was the emotional earth shatter of my Saturday. I was riding the Troy train so heavily when they got the safety, and for him to complete that Hail Mary was out of this world. But what a crazy weekend, hanging out down in Tampa, watching college football, great time for me. But if anybody had a weekend, I'd say it was our main man, Barkley, here. I had a good weekend, man. Uh, watched college football, didn't sit down and just absorb it like I usually like to. I was a little busy. Um, I sold anybody who knows me and knows me pretty well. I love, I had this Jeep Wrangler. It was a 2015 red. Um, had it just like I liked it. And I put a lot of miles on it. I sold it this past weekend with 210,000 miles on it. Um and I am now in a GMC Sierra 1500 with the diesel. So everybody's going electric. I'm kind of going the opposite. I'm going to get a diesel. So, uh, but no, that, that was definitely a big highlight of my weekend. It, it was fun. It was, I don't know about you guys. It was kind of nice to revamp a little bit. I mean, you know, once we get into this part of our, our, our worlds, we live, breathe, eat college football. And that's every weekend. That's what we're excited about. We're getting ready for the weekend and who the Owls are going to play. So it's nice to kind of get a break early in the season, take a step back, and then really just dive headfirst in the rest of the season. I'm going to miss that red Jeep, Barkley. That's how I knew. I, I, I got I to learn what car is yours because I saw the red Jeep pulling up, and I knew it was you. It's going to be hard to learn. It, it was iconic, oh, man. I mean, people like definitely tied me and my personality into it. I, I loved it. Um, it, was, it was very hard to let go. But now, now you're part of the 4x4 club, baby. Welcome. It's, it's a great place to be. The Jeep's 4x4, but now you got that truck bed. You can tow stuff, throw it in the back, or you can just ride in style, baby. You ain't got to worry too bad about the potholes because they don't hurt anymore. Dang right, man. I mean, I'm, I'm loving the truck bed already. Got my golf clothes back there. 
I got some anchors back there. I mean, we're, we're, we're rolling. I'm, it's, it's been a nice change up already in two days. It's weird having this much space too, and not having to like cram everything in. Yeah, you're not eating your knees driving down the road. It's a great thing. My weekend was good, man. It was a good little break. I got to, I just absorbed some football, like Barclay was talking about. Gave the thumbs a good workout, flipping back and forth between games. Got to hang out with some of my friends, did a little hunting. So, hey, good day in the outdoors, good time watching football. Can't complain on my end. Barkley, I just have to ask if you made the purchase of the new truck along with, quote, old Brittany, unquote. <laughs> uh, yeah, old Brittany was, was there. <laughs> um, and she listens to podcasts, so she'll hear this. Um, she was there. I, I'm one of those people. Brandon knows probably the best out of everybody. I don't like spending money, man. I, I'm, I'm not about it. I'm very I'm, – I'm tight. Uh, the only person I really spend money on is Brittany. And uh, she kind of made me buy the truck because I definitely needed one. I travel for work. It's, it's kind of my office, my rolling office. And uh, she sent this one to me. It's like, we're going to look at it. I was like, okay, I'm willing to go look at it. I drove it. And man, I was like, this, this might be the one. And I was like, but you know, I don't know. Trucks are expensive right now. She's like, nope, we're buying it. So shocker Brittany ended up making the decision so it worked out really good though i'm happy well looking ahead now the game against waffer this saturday 6 p.m fifth third bank stadium if you haven't already ksuowls.com slash tickets got a couple ticket deals going on and then it was announced sunday night get your replica rings the first 1000 fans through the gates which opened 60 minutes prior to kickoff so we're looking at five o'clock somewhere that's kennesaw georgia at the bank be one of the first 1,000 fans and receive your 2021 Big South Championship replica ring. Before we get there, since we were not on last week during the bye week, we do need to go back to that game against Cincinnati. If you listen to our broadcast, there was a lot of positives in that ballgame. Now, the final score, not something to write home about, but we noted a lot of positives in that ballgame. Of course, some negatives as well. So let's get to our one big thing that we took away from the Owls game at UC. I think the first thing that I took away, and I think the big thing was how fast they started. The first play of the game, they got to Ben Bryant very fast. And it was really exciting to see. We thought that momentum was going to carry on. And they're able to get that first drive stop, which we thought was going to be massive in the game. Again, you talked about if the score didn't go the way the Owls wanted. But that fast-paced start... And I think how they played defensively and were able to close down some of the things that they had an issue closing down in the Sanford game, I think that was probably one of the biggest positives that I saw. A takeaway for me from the Cincinnati game, and we talked about it, we talked about it a little bit on air. Um, I was very impressed with how the offensive and defensive line held up against that Cincinnati front seven on each side of the ball. The offensive line definitely did a really good job of getting a solid first push every play. Um, maybe hold on the blocks a little bit longer and some of those plays would have sprung open. But, you know, you're playing a legitimate FBS opponent that was in the playoffs last year. These guys were legit. That was some good football that we got to see our owls up against. And the fact they were able to do that. And then the sacks, the pressure they had on the QB all, all night, I mean – the defensive line also played very well. That was a big takeaway for me. That just showed that 
we can play with pretty much anybody you put in front of us on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And uh, building off Barkley's point right there, I think that was the biggest thing I took away from the Cincinnati game for these guys is that the mentality that all of these guys have going into each and every game is completely up to them and that if put to, uh, towards the right light and just if they're able to use it to their advantage like we saw against, against Cincinnati, those guys got going early and often they were in the game mentally, physically, and they were playing with those guys. So the environment didn't affect them. They're, it was all their mindsets that they can play at that level and it doesn't matter the opponent, as the Barkley was just mentioning. So that my biggest takeaway is that as long as these guys stay focused and keep building towards their goals, they can do whatever they want going forward this season. Yep, and I'm going to echo all of that. And then my own little touch to it is they showed that they have the ability to bust those big, large chunk plays out whenever they're called. Now, did we capitalize on all the potential opportunities? Absolutely not. But the fact that we could see them there and just a half a second off against a well-coached, well- or very disciplined Cincinnati team, that to me, that speaks volumes on, all right, we get an FCS play, we, we get Wofford, a team we're used to, we're used to, we've played before, we can really put some things together in rock and roll. I like all those points, guys, and I'll pick something different from the game. This definitely wasn't the top thing that I took away. Uh, was defensively, I felt like there's been some frustrating plays that we either defended better this time or we didn't see. I think we went back and we talked on air about the play that Sanford ran, which is similar to what we had seen in the ETSU game. But I think a big takeaway for me is we now have seen more film and our linebackers and DBs have more opportunities to better defend dynamic tight ends, right? So the tight end has, I don't want to say if it's been a bugaboo, but there's been times the tight end has found his way against the KSU defense, and it's difficult to defend really good tight ends at any single level of football. It doesn't matter if it's college football, NFL, high school, or peewee. I was a halfway decent tight end back in the day, peewee football. But Hey, I was too. I, I got my two-point conversion. That's the only points I scored in my football career, so... I, uh, I I know the tight end's hard. It's easy. Yeah, let's go, Bryce. Two point conversion. Hey, but looking back at Cincinnati, going back to that ball game, I feel like there was one time where they went straight to the primary target, the tight end on deep pass, and that was Josh Wiley on the first touchdown on that little skinny post. That's really difficult to defend. Wiley and Leonard Taylor were both named to the preseason top tight end award watch list, like two of the best in the nation. Career touchdowns, I think they're combined for over 20 now. They're both really darn good. After that, I felt like a lot of times they went to the tight end were on checkdown routes. So that was a good job by our DBs having better coverage against their primary receivers. And as we know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get a pass rush going against the Cincinnati offensive line than some of the other offensive lines we're going to play. So quarterback maybe had a little bit more time to find that tight end. I think I go back to that touchdown by Liddy Taylor in the second half. It was a third down and had some time and barely got it off. And then he he found the tight end on a crossing route there. And Taylor's really fast, outran the defense. But I think in another situation, that's a pretty good hold by our defense right there. 
So again, I hope by us playing some of the best tight ends in the nation, that will help us out defensively moving forward. Again, I thought there was a lot of bright spots and a lot of improvement overall from the Sanford game to this game, despite what the final score was. So that's what we took away from the Cincinnati game. Up next, following the break, we'll be joined by senior slot back Isaac Foster, back for his super senior year with the Owls. We'll get to know Isaac more and then move ahead to our preview with Kennesaw State and Wofford this Saturday at 6. Coming up next on ITN. Meet the Owls up close and personal and engage with Owl Nation. Show your support for the black and gold and stay up to date on all of our social media platforms. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter and Instagram at KennesawSTFB to keep up with news and score. To stay up to date on all things KSU Athletics, follow us on Twitter at KSU Owl Nation, as well as following us on our Instagram and liking our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. And we're excited to be joined by senior running back Isaac Foster as Kennesaw State gets set to take on the Wofford Terriers Saturday, 6 o'clock at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Isaac, to lead off with, Kennesaw State's coming off an early bye week. What did you do in the bye week to take care of yourself and then prep for the rest of the season? Yeah, so thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, so the bye week, I mean, it was a little earlier than, you know, you really want in the season. But it uh, it was much needed, you know. Um, she, we had the first part of the week off uh, with rest, uh, no meetings or anything. So uh, just just letting the guys get get to themselves, and you know, I enjoyed those couple of days off and uh, just just recovering and um, getting ready to go. We had a uh, then we had you know later in the week some some tough practices, um, but it was it was good to have that early part of the week off and get ready and. Um, Get ready into some um, preparation for Wofford. So, Isaac, coming into the bye week, you know, coming off of this uh, big bye week early in the season, a lot of guys think, oh, it's too early. We need to need a few more games, get a little more before we start resting things up. But I have the opposite approach. Getting in early and getting the bye week knocked out, it really helps you, like, lock in on what's left in the season and just, like, what you guys have to work towards. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I guess there's mixed feelings with um, – you know, either way, you know, I guess it is a little bit early, but at the same time, uh, we're kind of, I guess, excited to get into some, some normalcy. We hadn't, feel like we hadn't had a normal week yet. So, uh, got that looking, uh, you know, looking forward and, uh, you know, excited to get the ball rolling for this, you know, the next part of the season for us. Yeah. And then given the early bye week and, <clears throat> uh, Tough game at Sanford, and then another tough game at Cincinnati. Playing a lot of younger guys this year. Um, how do you think that the time off, recovering, and an extra week to kind of study up the playbook, see what's coming down the line, our next opponent in Wofford, do you think that's going to be influential in some of the younger guys' play so they can more play rather than think? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, like you said, we had you know we dropped dropped the first two games of the season. Uh, those are some tough games. So I think in that sense, it's kind of good to have a bye now. After you know not having to start, we won't um, getting that bye, and um, you know letting the, letting those younger guys um, and even the older guys too just 
just rest up and get have a reset from having to, you know, not to start when you want those first two games. So I, I think it'll be beneficial for us having that buy as early as we did. Isaac, I, I got two for you, man. Um, first off, being an older guy and a leader of this team, what kind of has been your rallying cry this week going into this big home opener against Wofford? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, one, um, you know, it's, it's one of our most important goals is, you know, protecting the nest. So that's definitely been one of the key, um, you know, components to just rallying the guys. And then as far as, you know, we still have a lot of stuff ahead of us, you know, even, even dropping those, those first two games, we still got all of our goals on top of protecting the nest and, and getting back in front of that home crowd. Um, you know, I think that, that motivates, you know, everybody in itself, just getting back in front of that home crowd. We hadn't, it's like we hadn't played there in a while. Uh, so, um, you know, just that really, you know, is just motivating the guys and getting them ready to get off to, get off to a good start at home and, and um, turn the season around for us. Nice. No, I think that's awesome. Um, and then my second question for you, I mean, I know every team kind of has its own personality, you know, and kind of how things go with it. Going from last year to this year, how, how do you think you would describe this team and how they're kind of different? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of tough to say. Uh, I mean, you know, every team is different. Uh, you know, last year I, I hated it. I missed, the, I missed some time away from the team, so I didn't really get to, you know, have as much time around them as I wanted to, you know, with the injuries and stuff. Uh, but I, I mean, I'd say, you know, we've done a great job in the off season. I thought we, you know, I thought as a team uh, last season we had got close, but I think coming in this off season, uh, I think we got closer than than ever. Um, I think maybe there's more more relationships all across the team than ever. Uh, so I think that's a good thing um, that that separates this team from maybe teams in the past. I think so. When you look at last week, or not last week, two weeks ago versus Cincinnati and kind of looking ahead to this game, what stands out to you as something that y'all did well in that game versus Cincinnati, and how do you look to translate it into this week? Um, so, so you know, one of the major things we did, I think we did well uh, versus Cincinnati is we didn't, you know, we didn't let the, the circumstances, the crowd, uh, that type of environment affect us. Uh, to say, I mean, you know, we didn't have any uh, penalties in regards to, you know, noise or you know, things that come from something like that. So I think we can definitely take that. Obviously, uh, you know, hopefully the bank is, is sold out and as packed as, uh, you know, as, as it can be. But, you know, it won't nearly be – it won't be like that atmosphere. Um, and I think we can – obviously use that to our advantage. I mean, we've been in that environment. So, you know, having a crowd behind us this week uh, would definitely help. Um, you know, if, and then, you know, we, we, we did some great things on both sides of the ball. If we, you know, if we just, just execute, um, you know, we had, we had guys in the right place. Uh, gotta, we just got to do a better job, myself included, making some plays. So, um, you know, we, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the way we wanted it turn out but there was definitely some some good takeaways from that game and I think we can just build on it 
and continue to, you know, put ourselves in those right situations and then this time make plays off of it. Isaac, this will not be the first time that you play the Wofford Terriers in our three games, the Wofford prior. You played in the first game that everyone thinks about Murph Magic 2019, but this series started in 2018 here at home in a 13 to 10 victory. You had a couple carries in that ball game. What do you remember about your first game against Wofford? Man, you know, that was so long ago. I was actually, me and Shannon were talking, or Coach Burks, uh, we were talking the other day, and I was like, man, I, I really I haven't played him in so long. Uh, you know, back he was on the team. Um, that's the last time I played him. I didn't play him in 2019, you know, when Murph Magic uh, came to light. But, yeah, so from that game, you know, it was a, that was a tough game. It was, you know, a, a running, you know, running clock, duel, you know, Low scoring game, and that was that was a tough one. I remember, you know, I was I was younger, uh, just just doing what I can to contribute, uh, doing what I could. But man, I think you know, I think Darnell had Darnell had the the touchdown for us. Uh, man, that was that was a tough game, but you know, we grinded it out, and that was, you know, just the the just the the way you know our games go for us, you know, in the past, and you know how they. You know, we won't. We expect our games to go is from preparation from our off season. So that was definitely like one of those games that you look back and like, that's why we do what we do in the off season. It's for those games. I remember it was just a tough game, and you know, we came out on top. And You're it was right, cold and rainy. Yeah, it was. Not in the yuck. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. But the Owls won, advanced in the FCS playoffs, and that spans back to your first year with Kennesaw State. So you've been around for more than half of this program's shelf life as far as competing on the field. You've seen a lot, Isaac Foster. When you think back to your career so far at Kennesaw State, what stands out as some of your top memories? Uh, so definitely my the, my first uh, my first touchdown as an Owl. Um, the kickoff return versus Alabama State. That's definitely my, you know, my favorite favorite memory. Uh, you know, just being being my first collegiate touchdown. That'll always be special for me. Um, man, there's been there's been I feel like there's been so many like you know just great great games I've been a part of and uh, just great teammates that I've I've had. You know, playing with those OGs these these two guys on the screen right here, Brandon and. Barclay and then Sea Dog, my man up top. Um, man, I, my, my favorite memory would be my that first, uh, first you know touchdown that the kickoff return. Um, and then I guess I'd say my my next memory would favorite memory would be the our second conference championship we won in in eighteen uh, because I you know I I feel like I I got to contribute to that one. Uh, so to say, in 17, I was a red shirt. So that that first one, and for me in 2018, that I contributed to, that was that's probably my second favorite movie. Well, Isaac, I'm really disappointed to hear that coming back from Big South Media Days last year, when your terrible car driver had to make a settle for uh, McDonald's, didn't make one of your top cuts. <laughs> hey, that was up there, you know. I, you know, like we said, I, I've been here a while, so man, I a lot of stuffs happened, so some of that stuff goes over my head. But now nah, that was that was definitely up there, Nolan. 
Well, Isaac, it's time to make a new favorite memory. Best of luck to you and the Owls here against Wofford. Uh, thank you so much, guys. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a fifth third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking, a fifth third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Any time before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank NA, member FDIC. Guys, some good and bad news around the A-Sun. The good news is that the opponents are getting stronger. And that's also, in the same sense, the bad news. Central Arkansas getting a big-time win over Idaho State. They had three turnovers in that game, 31-16. to Austin P obliterating Alabama A&M, 28-3. Eastern Kentucky doing what they did on offense all year long, 40-17 to win over Charleston Southern. North Alabama fell to Chattanooga, 41-14. to No shame in that, though, Chattanooga being ranked number 9 and number 10 in the polls. And then Jacksonville State fell to Tulsa, 54-17 to on the road. And guys, a team that has absolutely been blowing people out of the water this year has been Austin P. They had that very close FCS loss to Western Kentucky, a game that they likely should have won if they didn't have four turnovers in that game. Then they outscored their opponents 132-3. to Alabama A&M was the only team to be able to get some points on the board, and they have also outscored their opposing offenses with their defense 7-3 to over the past three weeks. They had the shutout against Presbyterian as well as Mississippi Valley State. And the interesting part about this, now being top-ranked, now facing EKU, played quite a bit in the OVC. They're going to face once again the A-Sun game of the week, both teams being ranked. It's homecoming game in Clarksville, Tennessee. It's going to be a great one. And something that's going to make this game great on the other side, Austin P has to stop the EKU offense. They are fresh off a 40-point game against Charleston Southern, then a 59-point game against Bowling Green. That game went into seven overtimes, tied for the second longest in college football history. And then week one, they lost to Eastern Michigan, but they still scored 34 points. Parker McKinney has solidified himself as the best pure thrower of the football so far this year in the conference. It's a strength versus strength. The Austin P defense facing off against the EKU offense. Austin P offense can also score a few points themselves. So I'm very interested to see how that matchup is going to play out in this game, guys. So thank you, Jordan, for that look around the A-Sun conference. We will begin A-Sun play here soon starting next week on the road at Jack State. But first, another game against the Terriers. They burned the boat. We talked about it last year up in Spartanburg. They went away from the option. They're in their transition. We have a history. The Owls have won three times against the Terriers. 2018, we just talked about with Isaac Foster in the playoffs. 2019, Murph Magic going for over 200 in two and a half quarters against the Terriers set a Big South record. And then last year, the Kennesaw State defense gave up 67 rushing yards to Wofford. The Owl offense had three touchdowns. I believe Mr. Caleb O'Neill found his way into the end zone up at Gibbs Stadium. It was a big win for KSU and a resetting win because that was coming off the Georgia Tech loss. So now the Owls somewhat find themselves, guys, in, in a similar situation here in 2022. Does that seem that way to y'all? 
I think it's pretty similar, Nolan, and you kind of hit on some of the main points I was going to go into when talking about kind of the history with these two teams is that this is the second now straight season that the Owls are coming off of a loss versus an FBS opponent and now going to play this Wofford team. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these two teams match up this season, given that last year um, in Spartanburg, 31 to 10 was the final. So you said Caleb O'Neill scored a touchdown. Good for him. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really excited for this matchup. It, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's only the second time that Wofford's going to be at the bank. Um, the previous two matchups have been at uh, in Spartanburg, I should say. So it's going to be a really fun matchup between these two squads. And I think the Owls are going to have a lot of success building off of what they had success, what they had going successfully for them at Cincinnati. Bryce, all you think about it this way, that one touchdown that Caleb scored against Wofford was three times as many points as you scored in your football career. That's that's one way to think about it, huh? That is one way to think about it. Isn't <laughs> Ooh, burn hey, notice. You know it's okay. I wasn't even supposed to get I'm the ball either. Okay? I wasn't supposed just, to get the ball in the two-point conversion, so it's okay. I'm just giving you hard time fumbles. Um, but, no, I mean, Nolan Nolan said it. Wofford, they've made the move to burn the boat. Um, it was definitely a bold move, and they're trying to see how it's playing out for them. I believe last week against Virginia Tech, they scored their first touchdown of the year, correct? Um, from a defensive from a defensive perspective, last year I feel like that was one of the defense's most just dominating performances. Right, Wofford, it felt like they couldn't get anything going on offense. They couldn't get it really done on the ground. Like you said, they only rushed for 62 yards. Um, didn't pass the ball well either. They're going to be leaning on their quarterback, who had a pretty decent game against Virginia Tech last week. Jimmy Wyrick, pretty pretty heavily um and i'm very curious to see how this plays out for kennesaw because so far this year the number one group defensively that needs to improve is the dbs right and this is a perfect opportunity for them to get a bunch of reps against a team that's going to try to air it out against them and attack them where they believe they're weak from looking at film and we're definitely going to see how coach safford and the dbs have improved and see what these guys are made of i'm very excited about this opportunity um for the kennesaw state owls and i also think coach v you know he's going to have a little wrinkle up his sleeve for these terriers and i think he's going to throw some blitzes at him too it's going to be a fun game to watch oh yeah i'm, I'm right there with barkley if you if we look back uh to the last time i played walford was 2018 that entire week of preparation i remember with coach chestnut it was the biggest focus we had that entire time was just was how gritty and how grimy that game was going to be and how hard fought it was going to be. And that's what we're used to seeing from that uh, Wofford option team that we saw all those, all those years. But now that they're burning the boat, things have changed from the defensive standpoint, from offensive standpoint, I mean, coming into this game this week. I, I think we're going to see what we've seen from them in the past, a, a bear or 6-1 front coming into this ball game. But And, and that's what Wofford traditionally been focused on when playing option teams because that gives them the most unilateral options to control well, uh, to control ball control from the offensive side of the ball from trying to just wind down the ends or just be, have some free-flowing linebacker stuff while also being able to work in safety blitzes and other things but this week it's going to be a big test from the offensive line and the quarterbacks because first things first going against any team that has experience against triple options 
One, you have to be able to get things going and stay in tune. And last week against Cincinnati, we were able to see that come out from the offense. So I'm really looking forward to see how they're how the offensive line is going to come out to play this week against Walford. They're no stranger to the triple option, as we've stated. We've we've played them. They've practiced against it. Many of their older guys will have practiced against it for three years, four years, you know. So they're they're familiar with what we do, obviously because they have once done a similar side of it. And they they always seem to play really hard, play tough, and it's it's gritty teams going after each other, and that's always a good football game, you know. And that's how they've been every time we've played them. Because, like, like Isaac said, like um, Brandon said, I was I was out there every game we've played Wofford, and those guys, regardless of what's going on, whether they're transitioning offenses, whether it's in the playoffs, whether it's anything, those guys come to play football against the Kennesaw State Owls. Caleb, I want to go back to that game last year. I had completely forgotten about this until I went back and looked at the recap from 2021. That first drive that we scored on halfway through the second quarter, do you remember how long that drive was? Yardage, time, or plays? All Which one of are you going it. with? How much do you remember? Um, I remember that it was one of the longest of the season because I didn't – I'm – not positive, but I'm about 75 to 80% sure I didn't come out that whole drive. And I would look over at the sidelines and just be like, we've been out here for forever and we've made it 35 yards, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to guess because I didn't, I don't know for a fact, I'm going to assume it was 18 plays. It took 10 minutes and 30 seconds and we went 80 yards. So you're under on two, you're over on the yardage. It was 22 plays, 72 yards. It took 11 minutes and 30 seconds off the clock. Almost a full quarter. Nathan hit the field goal, but what really stood out to me in that ball game where I feel like the Owls were able to blow it open, it's something that KSU is undefeated all time in doing this. It's scoring right before the end of the half and then scoring the first possession of the second half. So some quick change of possessions. You score the touchdown from Shep, 14-yard touchdown with 51 seconds to go with about, uh, yeah, with 51 seconds to go and only took a minute off the clock. And then the Owls got the football coming out of the half, went on a four-minute drive, Glover scored from 29 yards out. That was the separation. That was the ball game. Prior to you scoring that touchdown, it was 3 nothing, And just that long drive, that was the separation there. I think if the Owls have an opportunity to do that and be able to put this Wofford team away early, a team that has struggled offensively, frankly, I'm glad they scored a touchdown against Virginia Tech, their first of the season. Had they not, I would have been worried about every trick play in the book being thrown out from them trying to find the end zone. But I think if the Owls have an opportunity to put this team away early, should it present itself, KSU needs to capitalize. Absolutely. And that's that's something that we have prided ourselves on for a long time, coming out, obviously scoring every time we get the football, but especially coming out after the half, starting fast and just hitting them from the first whistle with the toughest kick returner, the toughest kickoff to 
offense clicking, defense sending blitzes, getting pressure, getting tackles for losses. And it's these guys can tell you, Coach Bo and the coaching staff stressed that very heavily that we're going to go out there, our little our warm up drills we do, we're going to do them fast, we're going to do them tough, we're going to do them athletic, and then we're going to go play fast, tough, and athletic and get after it. That's just one of those mindsets we see throughout the entire week, especially when going up against a team that has experience against the option. Like uh, Barkley will tell you, Caleb will tell you, coming into those games, like the mindset's not, it's, it's less about game plan and more about physicality because they know that these guys, it's, it's not going to have the shock factor you usually get going into a team that doesn't know what they're coming into. These guys are prepped and ready. They've been cut at, they've been thrown at. So you have to go in that mindset to not just do your job, but do it at the highest level possible. Be as physical as possible. Hit somebody in the mouth at, all, at any given time. We're looking forward to that Saturday night at the bank, 6 o'clock, ksuals.com slash tickets. Big South Championship replica rings to the first 1,000 fans when the gates open, and that's one hour prior to kickoff at 5 o'clock. We'll take one last break. When we come back, it's our scoreboard round. Isaac Foster rejoins us. We'll see if we can sweep and knock one on Bryce or if Bryce will get a point on us. Coming up next on ITN. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. It is the scoreboard round. So far, all of our student-athlete visitors have gotten fact or fiction correct. So we'll see if Mr. Foster can make it three for three. However, we have to start out with a do-or-die questions. Would you rather? To that, we turn to Bryce Gobert. Yeah, thanks, Nolan. All right, so I got one would-you-rather question here for you, Isaac. And it's kind of – it goes it goes along – with uh, some traveling, I don't know if you're a big travel guy, but would you rather have unlimited international first-class tickets on the plane or never have to pay for food at restaurants again? Ooh, that one's tough. Uh, so I haven't done much traveling on my own. Uh, you know, most of that's been with football. I would like to, but man, never having to pay for food restaurant that would be that's probably what i'm going with the smart choice very smart choice right there i'll jump in with mine because i feel like this is an obvious one not having to pay for food all right that that that's a life hack right there you can even get things to go you just run in and pick it up and then you use all that money that you would have paid for groceries or eating out, and you save that up to buy that first-class international ticket. Or you can just take that first-class international ticket wherever, though. So I don't know. I, I think I got to go with the first-class ticket here. I think, you know, as good as it would be to have the food, I think that first-class ticket is just it's a special thing. And go anywhere, anytime, you got to pay for food, but it's worth it. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, I know there's no wrong answer technically here, but I hate to tell you, you're wrong. 
Um, <laughs> you got to go. You gotta go with the free food, man, because yeah, like first class international ticket, that's cool and all. But like Nolan said, you save so much money, you could just buy that anyway. And then, man, you're just sitting there hanging out, eating at the French Laundry in Cali whenever you want to. I mean, it 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 pays for itself. You can eat at the nicest restaurants all the time. That's fair. I respect it. I respect it. So, what about you? The logic's there, man. I gotta agree. With free food wherever, you, whenever you want. Yeah, you have to pay for a ticket now and again, but still, hey, you get wherever you want to go. You just say, give me all you can eat wherever you go, even if you are in L.A. eating wherever Barkley just said. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It, you can go anywhere you want. Cool. I can go anywhere when I want if I've got all this money saved up from not buying food because food's the most expensive part of my life. I'm just... Every time I eat, it's like, dang, man, I'm dropping another 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Can't even go to dang Chick-fil-A without spending 20 bucks. So I'm taking the free food all day long. Caleb O'Neill making a disparaging comment about Chick-fil-A. You know it's real. I, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I respect all the opinions. I respect all the opinions. Hey, I, I love I love my Chick-fil-A now, but <laughs> to get to get completely filled up, I'm throwing down on some food there now. Hey, Bryce, before we get into the fact or fiction, I want to ask Isaac, you said you haven't traveled. What is a dream destination that you have one day? Ooh, uh, that was tough because, I mean, I've never, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think everybody kind of wants to travel a little bit. I've never really had a desire to, to leave the country like that. Um, I do want to go out west and see some of that stuff. Um, I think a national park out west would be would definitely be uh, something cool to do. I like it. I do too. Now moving on to some factor fiction um, for not knowing how it works in your first time. Um, I'm going to give you two statements. One of them's true. One of them's false. So you have to guess which one. Um, so the first uh, statement I'll give you here is that Egypt has the most pyramids in the world by country. So Egypt has the most country, most pyramids in the world by country. The second statement is at least one color on the Olympic flag appears in every nation's flag. But the second one again was at least one of the colors in the Olympic flag appears on every nation's flag. Which one is fact? Which one is fiction? I, I think I have to go with the colors on the Olympic flag being fact. And that's because the Egypt one just seems way too obvious, man. Like, I, I just, I don't know where they have more pyramids per country, but I, it must be somewhere. Yeah, I got to agree with Barclay right there. I think it's, I think it's the colors on the flag. I'm saying the, the colors on the flag for sure. I mean, the, it's the Olympic rings. It's like a universal symbol of unity and competition. Like, bring it on. We've got your flat, your color of your flag on our logo. So it's got to be the Olympic rings. I'm inclined to agree with them. I don't know why, but the Eames the, the one just like Barbie said sounds way too easy like this sounds like a straight gimme so, so uh, this isn't like go. you normally you're going for the points here 
you know, usually I'm a 50-50 guy, red and black, but I, I just got to, I don't know when to fold them today, Bryce. I just don't know when to fold them. So I feel like my elementary school art teacher would hate me for not remembering what all your complementary colors are and when you mix colors, what all those colors come out to. I'll learn that again in a few years when my daughter's in elementary school. But I think the Olympic thing is true because there's the white background. And I feel like that saves it because you have the different colors. I want to make sure that black is an Olympic green color. It is. I cheated. I, I Googled the Olympic flag image okay i cheated but black's on there and white's on there so when i think of all the mixes of colors that are out there and all the colors that don't exist surely those flags have white or black in them like we're not going to see a purple flag with green for the most part but we'll see a purple flag with a white emblem or a black emblem i think that exists so for that reason and there's different shades of these colors so you can really fudge it hard if you want to i think the olympic one's true as well well, obviously, my mind games did not work. I tried to fool y'all with a simple one, but all of y'all got it. I, You know what? I'm going to have to come back stronger next week, but congratulations to you all. I, I couldn't get the trick. I couldn't get the trick. I'm pretty Bryce, sure that means negative points us. for Bryce. Does it mean negative it, points? It should. And also, you got to tell us what country has the most pyramids per, per country. It is Sudan. Sudan. Okay. What? Isaac knew it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, listen. Don't argue with me. Argue with the fact maker. So then they must just have the most famous pyramids. Well, Isaac, you're three for three along with the other football student athletes. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Inside the Nest. And best luck against Wofford this Saturday, 6 p.m. at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Yeah, thanks so much, guys.